Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. A lot of matches to discuss today um, from the Premier League, including City losing against their local rivals, Manchester United, as well as the challenges of the Premier League title right now, um, as well as current champions, Liverpool, losing again at Anfield for the sixth time, um, which I'll speak about in more detail later on in the episode. But tonight, I'll probably begin with uh, a roundup of the Champions League. Some spectacular games played in the last couple of days. And for me, this is why the Champions League is the best football competition. Uh, so many twists and turns and so many drama during the matches in the last couple of days. So let's begin with our first match, which is Dortmund against Sevilla. Uh, just like the first leg, this was another game full of, full of goals. Um, no surprise, two teams full on the attack, not really there for defending, to be honest. But let's let's start with with Haaland. So, well, to be fair, uh, started off well with Royce uh, scoring it to Haaland, so close range finish there. But the second goal for me was the annoying part about the whole match was because it was such a great goal initially, where uh, Haaland was free on goal. And he shrugged off a challenge from Diego Carlos, the Sevilla centre-back, and finished the goal amazingly uh, from t- such a tight angle. But unfortunately, uh, <laughs> VAR came to ruin it and disallowed the goal, saying that it was a purposeful push, I guess, or s- something along those lines. Um, so, But regardless, they were appointed a penalty uh, afterwards. So Haaland took the penalty first. Uh, scored, a, scored a penalty and then unfortunately it was ruled out because the goalkeeper was off his line. So there was a lot of back and forth between the goalkeeper and Haaland during this uh, time as well. And then Haaland scored uh, the second time around, went up to the goalkeeper, said a few words and you saw the Sevilla defenders or players, I should say, not impressed with his behaviour there. But for me, you know, if, you, if you're there to dish it out, be ready to take it as well at the same time. Because he didn't do nothing wrong. Obviously, maybe people say he's a bit naive in terms of his behaviour because he's a young player. But, you know, this is a Champions League game. You're supposed to be fired up for this occasion. So, for me, I like that sort of attitude from a striker. Might have the wrong approach here, but I didn't see anything wrong with that. Um, and then we got... So, that was... So there were two, two, two goals up there. And then Emre Chan, former Liverpool player, does a ridiculous challenge, uh, pushes the Sevilla player and it, rightly so awarded a penalty. And El Nesri smashes a goal, hits the crossbar, goes in, fantastic goal. And he gets the second goal in the game. So Haaland and El Nesri both got a brace uh, during this fixture, um, which added a bit of drama to the end, actually, because they scored, I believe, it was around the 94th minute. So there was like one or two minutes remaining. Um, it's got a great, powerful header. But it wasn't to be. It was too late. Too little, too too late, unfortunately, for for Sevilla to get back into the game. Even though they actually had a penalty shout towards the end, but I I wouldn't quite say um, it's debatable to see if that was a penalty. But I didn't, I didn't think it was. But regardless, great result for Dortmund. Um, I think this was the match for neutrals because if you were either set of fans, probably had a heart attack afterwards because that was not for the faint-hearted, um, unfortunately. But yeah, for for the neutrals. Fantastic game, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. But the next game, on the same day, Juventus and Porto. 
Oh, this game had it all, to be fair. This game was literally mental. Uh, this is why I love the Champions League. Um, so let's just go around the goals. Demiral, good centre-back, uh, Turkish international. Unfortunately, concedes a penalty. And Sergio Oliveira finishes from the spot. And then Keza, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> hopefully, I haven't watched his name there. He's got a couple of goals. He's a top, top talent. Really impressed with his performance during this fixture. And then you had Corrado, who nearly scored towards the end, hitting the crossbar. So that goal would have actually helped Juventus go through. But the game was actually gone to extra time. Um, yeah, Porto just defended magnificently. Um, six six two one formation, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it had to be done. They were the underdogs in this fixture. Um, Sergio Oliveira scores a free kick um, where the ball went through Ronaldo's legs. And uh, Chesney just didn't have enough um, time to parry the ball away. And unfortunately, it goes in the back of the net. So at that time, you're thinking, oh, Juventus aren't going to get back. But then two minutes later, uh, Rabiot, who hasn't scored in Champions League for three years, comes back with a powerful header, um, which, yeah, <laughs> which definitely added drama to the fixture as it was 4-4. So at this stage, we thought maybe Juventus might get the winning goal, but it wasn't to be. And I would, and Porto win on away, away goals. So unbelievable game. Porto played out their skins. And fully deserved uh, that that result. Unbelievable performance. Uh, special credit to actually Pepe, 38-year-old defender, and Mbemba, a former Newcastle defender, who were cl closer at the back. Um, and speaking of uh, defensive partnerships, let's just go into the Liverpool game right now. Um, Nathaniel Phillips, or shall I say Nathaniel Fildini, he just looked unbelievable. Um, couldn't get a ball away from him if it was in the air. Uh, he literally had anything. Um, fantastic performance. Debut Champions League game as well. Uh, alongside Kabak, who had a decent game. Uh, so I was really impressed with their performance. I was actually just happy that they, we had players playing in their correct position. So for being your back in the centre of midfield where he belongs, and you could just tell the difference. You know, he did well to, um, to play in, in the centre of defence for us during the season. But this is his position. This is his natural position. And he made such a big difference. Breaking up play, but also dictating play, um, just to enforce in the team. And just, put every, just kind of made everything tick in the team. So um, I'm just so glad to see him in the centre of midfield. And please, I hope Klopp, Long made his continue. Let's not mess around with the formations and playing him back in defense. He stays in midfield from now on. I don't care how many injuries we get. Play Adrian in center back if you have to. But Fabinho has to stay in midfield. So that's just my little <laughs> plea then for Cop there. But for me, this is probably the first time I've enjoyed the Liverpool game for about a couple months now. Um, so yeah, I was ecstatic afterwards. Um, some great performances for me. Genie and Thiago really stood out. They were both fantastic. Thiago showing glimpses of his passing ability. For me, there's more to come because I've been a big fan of Thiago from his Barcelona days, so I know there's more to come from him. And Gini just bossed in midfield. Um, I think I can speak for a lot of Liverpool fans. Just give this guy a contract. I don't care how old he is and what the terms and situation is regarding the terms of the contract. Just give him the contract. He deserves it now. Um, 
he's just been phenomenal for us this season. So consistent, ever present as well, which you know you you can't take for granted because we've been going through such a major injury crisis this season. So yeah, FSG, you know what to do. Just give give the guy the contract because I feel like he'll be quite hard to replace if he was to leave Liverpool. I did see his press conference before the game. He seemed kind of downbeat regarding the situation, but. Yeah, fingers crossed there. I'm just hoping he does get it because I'm a big fan of his and I feel like he will be missed if he does leave the club. So we'll see how that goes in the next coming weeks. But back to the game. Jota was fantastic as well. Um, looked a little bit rusty, but I think that's kind of natural based on how long he's been away. Um, hasn't been played for about three, four months due to injury. So he was a constant threat throughout the game, really pressing forward um, aggressively. But also his link-up play was really good uh, with Saleh Amani. Sal- Salah Amani, sorry. So, um, yeah, I was quite impressed there. First half, we were actually really wasteful with our chances. Um, Jota had a chance, open goal, more or less, towards the end of the first half. Trent had a goal where he was in a more advanced position and he decided to square where I feel like he should. If he had a bit more confidence, I think he would just try to um, shoot in the near post and, and score the goal go there. Saleh Mane had, Mane had so many chances. Um, I kind of lost count in terms of how many they had. So that's an area we still need to improve in terms of being clinical up front um, and play more of a killer instinct. But that's not been our game this season, unfortunately. But let's just hope with hard work, we can actually start finishing goals as well. Um, Saleh had a, Salah had a decent game, but Mane for me... Um, he had a, he had an okay game, but for me he's he's he still doesn't look the same. Um, I don't know if it's fatigue or whatnot, but he just doesn't have that burst of speed anymore. So I think the next coming weeks it might be worth resting him in one or two fixtures. But at this stage, I wouldn't rest him because we've got a, well we've won one game, but we have a little bit of a winning momentum right now. So yeah, I'm hoping things uh, change for him later in the season, but. Good thing in terms of the substitutions was they actually made an impact in, during this fixture. So Origi came on, probably one of his first few touches, hits a cross to Mane. Mane scored that goal, looked actually easy, like an easy tapping, but it was really difficult because he used, he basically killed the touch as it was quite a, a fast cross from Origi there. Um, even Salah's goal as well was really, really good. Uh, great interchange uh, between uh, Mane and Jota. So Mane played a bit more central, gave a through ball. Um, and Salah uh, just finished the goal um, amazingly. Um, not Mokana probably could have done a bit better in terms of defending, but I couldn't care less about that. Um, but yeah, overall fantastic performance from Liverpool. Really pleased with the result. But also I think if we can keep this momentum going, it will help us into our next fixtures in the Premier League. Um, I wouldn't go far as to say that we're going to win it. That's just, yeah, that's just let's let's just be <laughs> let's be a bit more level-headed right now because this season has probably shown us that we can't think that far ahead. We can't be far-fetched. Uh, we have to take one game at a time, and because you know we'll win one game and think, oh, we're back, and the next day we'll lose, and it's just it's just <laughs> our mood just goes up and down right now in this season. So, so yeah, I wouldn't go that that far far ahead with that opinion but it's quite funny to see Rio Ferdinand seeming seemed a bit panicky 
when my claim was speaking about Liverpool and he's like, oh, you can't win the, the Champions League with those defenders, but, you know, relax. We're just enjoying the moment right now. So, Champions League is a special tournament for, for Liverpool Football Club. So, at this stage, we're not saying we're going to win it, but we're enjoying the rise right now because, obviously, our season in the league isn't great, <laughs> to say the least. So, we're taking every moment, um, any positive moment we can right now. So, It'll be intriguing to see who Liverpool actually get drawn into in the next uh, round in the quarterfinals. Um, but we'll speak more about that as, as the time goes and when the draw is announced in the next couple of weeks. Um, so the final fixture in the Champions League is PSG and Barcelona. So I'll probably just start off and say regarding the penalty decision for PSG. Shocking decision, uh, in my in my opinion, and surprise, surprise, it's an English referee <laughs> that gave that decision, Anthony Taylor. It just shows how how bad our referees are. I, I can't really speak lightly about it. Um, but regardless, fantastic penalty by Mbappe, uh, Messi as well. What a goal! Equalised with a rocket of a shot, top corner, unbelievable finish. Um, yeah, Barcelona just just looks so bang average. If he wasn't on that pitch, God knows what the scoreline would be. Um, Messi actually had another chance to score um, just before the end of the first half, but the shot was saved by Navas and actually hit the crossbar. Uh, so quite unlucky regarding that. But that could have been a defining moment actually because it would have given Barcelona some sort of momentum um, going into the second half. But I guess it wasn't to be uh, for Barcelona, but Great victory for PSG, who, me personally, I still consider to be one of the contenders to win the Champions League. A lot of team, a lot of people in the media um, and on social media have written them off. But for me, I feel like they're still one of the strong squads uh, out there right now. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule them out, to be honest with you. So, so yeah, that's that's my little roundup of the Champions League, which I thoroughly enjoyed, to be fair. Um but we can start with our Premier League roundup of match seven. So, first fixture is the Manchester Derby. Shocking result for me personally because I did not see that coming at all. But you have to give credit to Manchester United. They were fantastic. They were fantastic regarding their um, the tactics, uh, the way the team was set up. Um, it ended 28 games winning streak for Man City so no you have to give them credit to be fair just got a comment here from mental health guy is PSG better than last year I would probably say they are I think the experience that they gained from going to the final and losing will probably help them to understand how to handle uh, matches under high pressure and Similar to Liverpool, actually. So when we lost the final against Real Madrid, next year we were just geared up, so we won the league. But yeah, I think I think I think they'll be in, in a better position than most teams. To be fair, obviously Bayern Munich, I still regard as the favourites, but I wouldn't rule out PSG, and that's just that's just my opinion. Um, so yeah, so sorry. Back to the Man City Man United fixture. So first of all, clumsy challenge by Jesus. Um, on Martial to give the penalty away. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Proper strikers ch uh, challenge there, I guess. 
and Fernandez steps up just about scores to be fair unlucky uh, by Edison not to get the the save there uh, but yeah so Luke Shaw gets the winning goal for Manchester United so nice victory for Manchester United credit to them um, excellent win but I might sort of play devil's advocate here I think if I was a United fan, I would I would be a little bit disappointed by this um, victory. And that sound, sounds a bit weird. But the reason I say it is because it's a bit bittersweet. Two months ago, they were joint uh, top. But now because they've dropped so many points in the last month, you know, having so many draws here and there, the gap is 14 points now, I believe. So this fixture should have had a bit more value or a bit more importance regarding the title race. But it's just like when Liverpool lose to Everton, Everton fans are jubilant because they haven't beaten Liverpool. So it's like the noisy neighbours, really. But it doesn't really have any value in terms of what it uh, presents in the league standing right now. So I don't know. Um, for me, if Manchester United were to be considered a top force again, the mentality of the club has to change because... Right now, they don't have a winning mentality. If they had a top manager, I believe, in January and they were in that situation, they would have managed the games a little bit better. The games that they were leading, they'd probably play a bit more defensive just to make sure they get the three points. But I don't know. I haven't, I'm not the biggest fan of Ole, as I've said quite a number of times uh, in my episodes. But for me, it's, it's, it's a missed opportunity for United. With Liverpool having an awful season, I feel like this was their chance to really regain and try at, to actually at least challenge. Even if you weren't winning the league, at least try to close the gap. So it gives, similar to um, the question that was asked about PSG, it gives you that experience. And for a young squad, it gives you that experience for next year as well. So with some quality additions, which I'm sure Lille, uh, sorry, Manchester United will be looking to sign in the summer, it will literally help their team morale more than you would you would imagine to be fair um so it's just been announced yesterday that there's a new structure in place regarding the club um so that may help um in terms of recruitment going forward but united fans let me know what you think if you feel like i'm being a bit harsh say it how it is i'd love to hear from you um but that's just that's just the perspective i had from it because if i was a united fan that's not i wouldn't be happy about that win obviously you won the game fair play but it should have been like this was the game that puts you on top or it added more gap if you were uh, top and then see was second. So I don't know. Let me let me know what you guys think. And I've just spoken about Ole. I've I've I noticed that Manchester United drew their their match against AC Milan in the Europa League, uh, which ended one one. And I've seen Ole out trending right now on Twitter. So yeah, United fans are funny sometimes. Um, if you stand by that, let me know um, if you actually are still all laid out because I've not heard that term for quite a while. Um, just got another comment here from Mental Health Guy. Should we start thinking Chelsea could contend Champions League uh, title? They don't concede goals. Yeah, you're right. You know They don't concede goals. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they perform against Atletico next week. But I was really impressed with how they were in the first leg. I would probably say they're one of the dark horses in the league, you know, because since two shows come in, they is literally transformed that uh, that team, that squad, the club, everything. 
Um, if it was under Frank Lampard, I'd probably dismiss and say, no, I can't see that happening. But you never know. I, I think if they get a good victory over Atletico, they have as much chance as any of the English teams, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put them up there, if I'm honest, if I'm honest with you. Um, so let's go back to the Premier League. So we have... So Man City actually played two fixtures um, during this match week. So, yeah, full of goals, to be fair. Seven goals in total. Kevin De Bruyne get, uh, got a brace. Uh, opens a score line from close range. Uh, Vestergaard fouled in the box. Definitely penalty there. Uh, Ward Browse hits the ball in uh, the middle of the goal. He is fantastic, isn't he? Um, always... Oh, Mr. Reliable when it comes to set pieces, penalties or free kicks, he's always the man for that. But one of the main talking points, and I think a lot of people have spoken about today, is the foul unfolding in the box um, by the goalkeeper, McCarthy. Absolutely shocking decision, in my opinion, uh, that VAR basically didn't... But they reviewed it, ruled it out, and didn't even ask the referee to consider to go to the screen to have a look at the challenge. Blatant penalty did not even get near the ball. Could have actually broken um, Foden's ankle. It was a very strong tackle on him. Credit to the player that he, you know, he stood up and tried to get the ball and gain momentum for his team and tried to score. But Stonewall penalty, ridiculous that we're even having this discussion right now. But yeah, that's VAR. I can't. I've, I've been voicing. If you've been watching my episode, I've been voicing about VAR for a long time. So. Yeah, I just I've lost faith with <laughs> VAR to be fair. But back to the game. Mares got a couple of nice goals, especially the first goal uh here from 20 yards. Um Gundogan back on the score sheet as well, which helped me because he's on my fancy team. Um Adams, yeah, Adams uh got a goal for Southampton, so good week for him, two goals in two fixtures there. And then City make it five with another De Bruyne goal. So five star performance from City there. 68 points with a 14-point gap right now. Uh, I believe they played a game extra to uh, Manchester United, but, yeah, it's their time. I don't, I don't need to speak, <laughs> speak about that too much, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, I'm smiling right now, but the next fixture that I'm we're going to speak about is Liverpool. So, let's just start from starting lineup. I was pleased that Jurgen Klopp made... A number of changes in the starting lineup. So seven changes, I believe it was in total. But I wouldn't have played Reese Williams and Nico Williams in this fixture. And um, for me, they're not ready for Premier League football. They're inexperienced. And having two players like that in a makeshift backline, excuse me, it was always going to be exploited by the opposition. So for me, that wasn't that wasn't the right approach. I think up front it's good that you can mix it around, but I feel like with the defence, try and keep it as consistent as possible. I know we've had a lot of injuries, but in this situation, those two of the players, I would have, I would have played Trent um, and I would have played Phillips in this in this team as well. Well, he did play, but Kabak, I know I was injured, but I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with seen the two youngsters there unfortunately and it's it's no offense to, to the guys they they do have the potential to be good players but not right now um yeah it wasn't it wasn't good but one thing that I still need to say 
And I actually just saw it in the Leipzig um, match as well, even though we won that game. We're still playing with a high line. And for me, that needs to be scrapped full stop. We just can't play that formation. We don't have the players. We don't have... Um, the players, we don't have the players, but we don't have the quality of players. Our players that are currently playing in the defence, they're not the fastest as well. So they can't recover uh, when balls are hit over us, um, which is what every team is doing right now. Everyone, Every team is playing direct long balls over our defensive line. And they're, you know, they're getting their rewards. They're getting wins every week. Um, Liverpool just giving us like charity at the minute. So for me, it's, it's just disappointing to see um, but yeah Fulham I have to give them credit they were fantastic in this fixture um, I think in terms of their survival so we just got a comment here from mental health guy who is more likely to get relegated Fulham, Brighton or Newcastle for me Fulham I would say they will, they will just about survive. I think they've been playing fantastically since, I think, November. I think the last few months they've been playing really well. Um, Scott Park has really sort of changed the mentality at the club because I remember watching his post-match conference um, after the games, I think, the early half of the season. And then the way he spoke, I just feel like he just had that different mentality then any other manager in his situation where he seemed more upbeat and he just had a different, like a refreshing approach. Um, and he was very honest in terms of his criticism to the players. So I think that's kind of rubbed off on the squad right now. And the, you can tell they're playing for him. Um, so out of the three teams that you've just mentioned, that's a tough one. I'd probably say I like Newcastle as a club. Uh, I think it might be Newcastle. Um, Brighton and Newcastle I don't even feel like you can um, you can't even choose between the two they've been pretty awful both of them but I feel like Brighton might just have enough in terms of firepower um, Newcastle quite heavily reliant on Callum Wilson um, Willock is doing really well he's had a couple of decent games for Newcastle and I thought he was a good signing for them in January but I don't know I'm not sure if it would be enough to be fair Um but yeah, in regards to your question, I'll probably say Newcastle, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, back to the game itself of me um, <laughs> talking negatively about my team here. Um, we're in a huge crisis. Obviously, the result in the Champions League has probably lifted our moods as fans. But just looking at our next uh, five fixtures, so we're playing Wolves away, Arsenal away, Aston Villa at home, Leeds away and Newcastle at home um i'm more confident about the away fixes because we can't we can't score a goal in anfield we've scored more goals in budapest than we have in anfield this year um i saw um, jamie carragher tweet today saying that there's a petition to make the stadium in budapest our home stadium so not bad shot there um but yeah i, I would probably concentrate on the away wins try and get um the points up tally. But I'll be honest with you, I don't want Liverpool finishing in the Europa League spot. So for me, I'm not too overly fast in terms of where we finish as long as we don't get Europa League. Because for me, that's more of a hindrance than anything else. And that's not a competition that I'd like to be in next season. Um, I know it's European football to, to an extent, but not for me. 
Um, I would rather us focus on the league next year and domestic competitions rather than play Thursday night here and there. It's just it will just ruin ruin the momentum at the club. So yeah, I to be fair, Liverpool right now because we're so inconsistent. I don't know what teams will turn up against these teams that I've just mentioned. But top four for me is out of the question. I, doesn't matter how optimistic you are, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I I, I hope. Our fortunes change a little bit now um, regarding our next fixtures with our good performance against Leipzig. I hope we can take that into our next games and hopefully get some players returning as well from injury. Obviously, not too light on the centre-backs, but maybe Henderson returning for the quarterfinals in April would give a massive lift uh, for the club. So we'll, we'll, see. we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next game... Chelsea versus Everton. Chelsea are the team right now, aren't they? Uh, so Kai Havertz actually started like a false nine, I would say. Um, played up, played a bit more freedom up front. Um, definitely his best game, I would say, for Chelsea this season. Um, the first goal was an own goal. Um, it was Havertz shot, but it was quite away with <clears throat> sorry, quite away with shot, and it was going wide. So. He couldn't really cl uh, claim for that to be his his goal there, but did have an impact regarding the match where he was fouled in the box and Jorginho converts the penalty uh, to help Chelsea claim another win. Um, so that's Chelsea in fourth position right now, 50 points. For me, they're looking really, really strong and I can't see them dropping points this season. They're so solid defensively. Um, they're very hard to break down. So for me, they're one of the main rivals in the top four. But at the minute, United and Leicester aren't, I wouldn't say their places are cemented right now. But yeah, it's just, it'll be interesting to see who actually finishes it because one of the other rivals is West Ham. So West Ham, 2-0 against Leeds United. Lingard um, fouled in the box as well, steps up for the penalty. Initially saved by the keeper, but luckily for Lingard, he was able to get the rebound and get the lead for West Ham. And the second goal, fantastic goal, um, cross by Cresswell and a great header by Craig Dawson, who's for me has been a fantastic signing for uh, West Ham. Um, from f Signing from West Brom. I recently just found out that he's, even though he's currently on loan, I believe he makes three more starts uh, his current deal will be made permanent for two million. So, regardless, he's done a fantastic job for West Ham. Sort of went under the radar as he's been a solid player in the Premier League, but I think doesn't really highlight himself as a top class defender. But nevertheless, gets the job done and he's contributing with goals now as well. So, fantastic signing for West Ham there. West Ham are fifth right now with 48 points and a game in hand which is against Arsenal on the 21st of March during match week 29. So if they win that game, they'll be fourth. So can't rule out West Ham. They're there as well. Um, spectacular performance by West Ham. And for me, David Moyes is in a fantastic job and has to be considered as um, one of the managers of the season awards um, because he's come out of the blue. I don't think, you know, West Ham fans, let me know what you think as well. I didn't think their season would be this kind of this successful right now. Even though if the season hasn't finished, there's still lots of games to go. But 
challenging top four right now and you know actually having a strong chance to get in it as well it's quite unexpected so for me Moises done a fantastic job they're signing some good players as well Ben Rama is someone that I quite like um yeah even though they sold their striker um Hala in January they seem to still be getting the goals and Lingard has has more or less resurrected him his career at West Ham right now so yeah interesting to see how how their season pans out so another London team that I'll speak about is Tottenham so yeah Tottenham on fire right now scoring four goals uh like it's <laughs> like it's a habit right now um yeah we can quickly go through the goals there so came with left foot across the bell finishes it from close range Benteke with the equalizer Benteke doesn't get a lot but that goes pretty good nice leap there powerful header good to see him on the score sheet i guess uh regulon who for me i'm a fantastic crosser of the ball really impressed with how he plays uh because it's a kane who heads it back to bale bale scores a header uh, doherty sets the ball up for kane who smashes it 20 yards kane is just ah, oh, he's just too much I really hope he doesn't go Man City next next uh, season because, yeah, it's a wrap for every team if he does. But he's just invaluable to that team right now. Some of his finishing is just out of this world. Love to see a striker like that, Liverpool, but let's not get into that. Uh, and then the final goal, uh, Son crosses it to Kane, um, who, who heads into the empty net. So, fantastic performance by the trio. I think this is what the Spurs fan wanted from... The beginning of the season when they first signed Gareth Bell. But you know, he looks like a different player now. He might not be as, you know, electric on the ball as he was when he first played for Spurs, I guess. But regardless, he's still very much effective. Um understands the game. So obviously he knows what positions to take up to to create goal scoring chances. And you know, he's getting goals in the last few weeks. So you know, Spurs are seventh right now with 45 points. So five points away from fourth. But, you know, if they keep playing like this and keep um, gaining form, you can't rule them out. I, f I feel like it would be a bit dismissive to do so right now. They do have an outside chance, but, you know, there's still plenty of games to be played. Never know. Never know how it goes with Spurs. So let's see Let's see how their weeks pan, um, pan out in the, in the coming weeks. But next... Brighton and Leicester City. So when I was watching this game, I thought, oh, Leicester might drop points here. Um, especially when Lalana scored to open the scoreline there. One-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, clinically finished. Uh, Telemans with a lovely free ball to Iheanacho and he produced a nice thing to finish there. Um, goalkeeper Sanchez for Brighton, who actually had a decent game uh, misses the goal corner and then Amati grabs the late winner there. Um, yeah, bad goalkeeping. I think he should have done better with the clearance there. But nevertheless, a very important victory for Leicester as I feel like this will help them um, gain momentum. And I feel like, if, you know, they've dropped, uh, dropped points in a couple of games. It'll definitely help them with their challenge for top four right now. So currently they're third with 53 points. Only one point behind United, who, who you know, won against Manchester City. So neck and neck right now. Um, we'll see. We'll see how their how their season goes. Um, and the last fixture, 
just so I don't miss out on my Arsenal followers there. It's Burnley against Arsenal. So Aubameyang with the first goal, a little run on the left-hand side. For me, tame effort on goal and a worse save from uh, Pope, who just scuffed it. Pope is funny. Whenever he plays against Liverpool, he's like Neuer. And when I see him against other opposition teams, it's just awful. So <laughs> so for me, I always feel a bit bittersweet watching him play because I'm like, oh, I feel like he's a good goalkeeper, but it doesn't need to turn up to be like Neuer when he plays against Liverpool. But yeah, we can we can get a bit sidetracked there. So we can go back to the game, Arsenal game. Um, I thought that was a poor save or poor moment in the game. Shaka just took the spotlight there. What a ridiculous back pass that he tried to attempt. Um, to be fair, Leno probably shouldn't have passed the ball to him like that, but I feel like as a midfielder, you should have the intelligence to spin around and you know go upward, uh, pass the ball upwards rather than sideways, especially when you know there's a, a player challenging you as well. Ridiculous play from um, Shaka. And it's not the first time Arsenal fans can vouch for that as well. He does this quite a lot of times. Um, so that gave Woods the chance to equalise with an open goal. For me, unfortunately, that is points dropped. I feel like there were a number of chances that Arsenal could have had the lead, but if that goal hadn't taken place, then obviously I think the win would have been theirs. Um, currently 10th in the league, uh, Arsenal, but they've got an, a fiery encounter in the next fixture, which is against Spurs, which I will speak about uh, before we conclude the episode today. Um, so next segment is my team of the week. Um, so let's, we can get right into it. That right now, well, don't think there'll be too many huge surprises. I, as you can probably see, Mares is playing centre mid, so obviously I have to try and fit him in. But I'll explain when I do my sort of uh, ratings for each player. So Ariola for me had to be in the team of the week. Uh, obviously, Fulham beat Liverpool, but kept a clean sheet against Liverpool, but it was that save that he made against um, that powerful shot from Jota for me, that Superman save. That's how I saw it. Um, alone, we should, should get him in the team of, of the week, so that's why I've got him there. Luke Shaw, another solid performance. He's really stepped up in the last few months uh, and he was on the score sheet as, as well in the very important fixture, so that's why I've got him there. Anderson, fantastic against uh, Liverpool, defended really well, um, showed his dominance uh, in the air and, and in defence in general. So that's why I've got him there. Dawson, who I spoke about previously as well, fantastic, uh, fantastic game from shoe signing of the season, in my opinion. Um, great defensively, but also helped um, scoring the goal at the end on the other side. So fully deserves to be in my team there. Amate grabbed the late winner for Leicester City, which will be a pivotal moment for them because I feel like they, they'd lost points again. Um, so he was there to rescue his club there. Midfield, so I've got Son. Uh, good performance against Palace, got an assist for Kane's goal. Uh, De Bruyne obviously lost his fixture against Manchester United, but he was fantastic against Southampton, two goals alongside his uh, City teammate, Mares, who also scored two goals. Uh, so that's why I've got him there. Gareth Bell, same again, two goals, but he's really um, showing a good level of form right now. So I couldn't uh, displace him in the team. And then my two strikers are Kane. So 
came with that fantastic goal um, set by Doherty there for me was one of the top goals of the week. Uh, two goals, two assists during that fixture. For me, he's just playing at a different level right now. Um, last year, obviously, you know, we know Harry Kane. He's always getting the goals. So right now, he's 16 goals, uh, one behind Mo Salah right now. But the thing that he's added to his game is assists. 13 assists as well, which is the most in the league right now. He's in unbelievable form right now. Um, yeah, I enjoy watching him play, even though, you know, Tottenham are rival. Definitely can't dispute his quality as a striker. Fantastic player. And then my second striker is Shea Adams. So, for me, scored a fantastic goal. Probably, my, me personally, my goal of the week against Sheffield United. And he was also on the score sheet against Manchester City. So, yeah, so that's why I've got him, got him there. So that wraps us up for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And I shall see you next Thursday. Thank you.